0: Thanks for listening to the audio of 717 Church. This is a place where we continually strive to worship Jesus as the King with our lives, wreck our personal kingdoms to build His kingdom, and live out God's Word in the way that we interact with others. For more information, please visit 717.church.
1: Alright, we're in our Bibles. Uh, glad you're with us. We're uh, working through Second Peter. We just finished First Peter and I wanted to work through this a little bit. So one of the things I want to remind us, all of us are different ages, different way we grew up, all this kind of stuff. But when I grew up, we were probably the last age of Saturday morning cartoons. Saturday morning cartoons was like amazing because you had them, they went, they came on. It was the same show week after week. It was just like you didn't get to pick what show you just had to do. You had to get breakfast like in between commercials, like all that kind of stuff. And so every once in a while it worked out where I got to watch Saturday morning cartoons. My mom was super strict. She wasn't always a fan of stuff. She thought the Smurfs were from the devil. She thought everybody was from the devil. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It was rough. But it was rough. No, I'm just kidding. She's great. She'll be here eventually, so don't tell her that. But, but she did always, uh, my mom was like super into healthy cereals. Y'all remember Grape Nuts? Worst cereal ever to try to feed a kid. And I, But like this was my Saturday morning and every once in a while I'd get a cinnamon toast crunch because I don't know, she broke down and cried and then I got those. But it was like the best mornings, it would line up, the sun was shining, all this kind of stuff. And every time, I guess all the good commercials were on NBC. And does everybody remember the infomercials, The More You Know?, Yes, like you could probably, you hear the sound in your head right now. And they were always like this semi-famous person or something, somebody that would even appeal to kids and they'd be like, yes, uh, you know, go do this. You're gonna be like, if you read a little bit more, you'll be the smartest person alive, which isn't true. But, and they would just be these like encouraging messages. I remember Betty White telling me once that if I just read more, I would be a much better person. Betty was like 105 at that point. Rest in peace, right? Sometimes they were serious, uh, but they were always with a positive message. And with that base thought, the more that we understand, the more we succeed. It's actually a biblical concept, right? We actually heard about it in Pastor Jason's message today or the little bit for the kids, right? Adam and Eve, they fell for that trap of if I just know everything— If I just know everything, then I can be God. And it started in the Garden of of Eden. It's been prevalent ever since. And so the issue is that you and I, we often settle for what we can know instead of seeking the one who created all things. We settle for what we can know, right? Knowledge is a good thing. I'm not in, what I'm saying is we often settle for what we know instead of actually going after the Savior. Self-improvement, right? It's big. There's 8 million books that you can get better at something about. There's like this whole push for leadership. You can be a better leader. You can do this and you can run through walls and you can do. Self-improvement is a good thing, right? Right? The struggle can be, though, we get stuck in self-reliance or our inability to fix the issue. Here's what I mean by that. We can either go, I can handle all of these things. I can handle this. I've got this. I actually don't need God. And for many of us, myself included, I live a lot of my life like that, where I live it where I'm like, ah, I got all of this. If God, I'll check in with you when I need you. God, I'll let you know, right? This is a pastor telling you that. This is how a lot of my life I live and go, you know what? I can handle all of this. The other side of it, though, is if we can't fix the issue, my life starts to spiral, If I can't fix this thing, I'm going to spiral. I don't ever look to God. I just start spiraling. I start overthinking the situation. I start over, I'm like, I got this. If I can just think a little bit more, the more I know, the more I work, the more I can do, the better I am, the way I can go. Just me? That's why the grace that we have been given is so amazing. There is a constant a constant regenerative work in us that's happening. It's moving in your life and mine. If we claim Jesus, he is constantly at work going whatever side of the spectrum you're on today, he's saying, come back to me. Will you trust me today? And it removes us from being constantly reactive, right? You see, if I'm on one side of the coin or the other, I'm constantly reactive. All hands on deck. We've got to get this done. I've got to handle this. And moves to the settling calm of who he is. Do you understand the difference? A lot of times we're not sure what to do, so we just keep working. It's not a bad thing. But what happens is if I don't ever acknowledge my Savior as king of that situation, right? This is what I'm trying to learn. If I don't ever acknowledge him as king of that situation, I just keep working. I just keep running. And it keeps us from ever acknowledging him in that situation. If I don't start with whatever situation I'm working through and actually reminding myself that God is bigger than, I'm going to keep trying to outwork that situation. Does it make sense? I often will try to outmaneuver, outthink, overthink, whatever it might be, because I've never acknowledged God as the savior and king of that situation. Make sense? Most of us probably can think of some of the things in our lives where we go, okay, God, I actually have not even acknowledged this with you, okay? His love fills us up to respond differently. His forgiveness frees us up to do the same for others. His joy gives hope in the darkest of situations. That is the difference. I respond differently to situations when I acknowledge God as king of that situation. And if you're like me, many of the situations are consistent over and over and over again. And I have to constantly acknowledge him as king in that situation. Self-help is a never-ending cycle of you must be better. Grace-driven identity frees us up by grounding us in a foundation that opens us up to respond differently. Know what I mean? You can still work the same way. You can still do the same things. But if I first acknowledge him and constantly give him that situation, I respond differently to that. You ever had that happen? I like constantly every once in a while, I'll actually let God respond for me. And it's amazing the difference the words came out. Okay. If you live in the more you know world and you and I start filling our life with us, If we keep going for the more you know, if you keep going for the more of more of this, I just, if I know a little bit more, we wouldn't say it out loud, but we do it with our actions. Our souls cry out for our Savior and our natural response is we keep putting stuff in. This is why anxiety and depression drives us so crazy right now is because we are constantly putting stuff in where the Savior should be. And this portion of Scripture has been constantly played out in my week. In my last three weeks, I have overthought a situation over and over and over, partially because I messed up. And I'm reading this, prepping for this message, and it says God has granted us all the power. All, he's given us all these things to live in godliness. And I am the one prepping for this message. In the last three weeks, I have failed dramatically because of not actually acknowledging him as Savior. The real question for all of us, and definitely for my last couple of weeks is, do I know Jesus or do I live out my knowledge of Jesus? I know him, I'm a moral person, I want to be right, or do I actually know Jesus and has that changed the way I live? Right? Because this is where we're going to get into it. So I'm going to kind of work through the Scripture a little bit different because the way it's worded, okay? Uh, The knowledge of who Jesus is brings us the truth, okay? So if you think about it as a filter almost, okay? The knowledge of Jesus, it should change and always bring us the truth, okay? How we interact with that filter. If we understand who God is and we stop there, then we have not allowed him to filter our lives. Because Jesus always brings us to truth. The more we know, the more we grasp, the more we get closer to Jesus, the more that it's going to bring us to truth that will actually change the way we live. Right? The more we know about him, the more we respond to him, the more that we follow what he's saying, the more we understand what we have in him. That first verse, through the knowledge of him who's called us. The Spirit is constantly at work waking us up to more of him. Now this knowledge is not a familiarity, but instead an intimate knowledge. This knowledge is defined as precise and correct knowledge of the ethical and divine. That knowledge, he's calling us to more right? He's calling us to more of Himself. We just described it. I can either just live in the I try to know, I try to do, or I can let Him be king and let Him change my response to the situation I'm in. So we get a picture of this when we learn something new about someone that completely changes our view of them. You ever hung out with somebody and you're like, ah, they're kind of weird. It's usually hanging out with me. And you go, oh my word, you actually learn something about them that completely changes their view. Sometimes it's as simple as, ah, we root for the same football team. And then you're like, oh, I don't mind them. They're not too bad. Or whatever it might be, but we learn something about them and they actually, we can engage differently because we have a common piece that is the same. The same is of our Savior. He's going, the more you know pieces of Him, the more you become closer to Him, the more you interact with Him, the more we love Him. We're constantly learning from birth, right? That's why we should be celebrating like crazy. Like our whole lives are spent learning. This is why this is so important is because this sets us as the church, as a part of the body of Christ, it sets us up differently because anytime any of us take a step of faith, we should be celebrating like crazy. How often do we get to hear when we're like, well, because we don't really know each other, because we don't really talk about what's going on in our lives, we're not sure. And so when something happens, we never actually celebrate anything the other people have done. Like every time somebody comes up out of sin, how crazy it would be like the whole church is like, yeah, let's go! I'm am proud of you. Let's go. That's what the Holy Spirit's doing in our lives all the time. I get to hear it sometimes because then you all are like, hey. Like this was going on and this is what God did. Yes, let's go. That's a step of faith. We get to see what God did. We don't get to celebrate that often because we don't share, we don't encourage, we don't actually talk about what's going on. But this is what we're celebrating as we're saying, God, help me to take a step of faith. God, look what you did. And we celebrate even more when the Spirit moves over and over and over again to wake us up. He wakes us up to more of Him. He wakes us up to our sin. Yay! He wakes us up to our sin. He wakes us up to the hurts that we've caused in our other people's lives. And He gives us the grace to go and fix that. He wakes us up to the situations in all of our lives that hurt like crazy and sickness that's going on. And He says, I'm with you. This constant awakening is a fresh knowledge of the King. Everything you're going through is a fresh acknowledging of the king. I don't look at it that way. I look at it as, oh my word, I have to deal with this again. You see, knowledge is referencing constantly growing in understanding that brings promises that open us up to more of him. Let me say it again. Knowledge is constantly growing in understanding, which brings promises that open us up to more of Him. And so when we, uh, we talk about knowledge, we, the verses, right? His, his power has granted us all things. He does not hold back from us. Here's what you need to do. If you just take a second right now and go, God does not hold back from me. God has given you everything you need. That's what Scripture says, not Jer, not whatever. He's given you everything you need. I struggle with that concept a lot. But it's me, it's not him. God has given you everything. He moves towards us. He does not hold back from us. Now he might be teaching us something, but he does not hold back. He goes, he gives out precious and very great promises from the verses. Not only does he not hold back, but he gives out promises that are both for here And eternity. And then that knowledge reminds us that we're with him in the divine. He's constantly waking us up to the truth of who he is. He's constantly waking us up out of our situations and going, I'm with you. I'm around you. I'm with you. These benefits are not tied to what you do and what I do but are given out generously because of the death and resurrection of Jesus. We declare we are with him by our faith. When you take a step of faith, when you and I take a step of faith, that is our declaration. And a lot of times my declaration of faith is, God, this is yours. I gotta give it back to you. God, this is yours. I gotta give it back to you. God, this is my house, but I gotta give it back to you. God, this is, I gotta give this back to you. God, these people, I gotta give them back to you. God, this is not mine. And when we take those steps, we remind ourselves he can do all things, that he's not far off. He's bigger than the things that we're working through, and that he deserves all of me. Okay, so listen up for a second. For many of us, we know of Jesus, but we refuse to submit to him. We're striving and striving and striving and striving but we've never submitted to him. And this is why I always ask and encourage us to let the Spirit speak to us, is because we come together to worship the King because it sets perspective. When we come here, this is a gathering of people saying, I need Jesus. This is what we're here for. We seek out his word because it intersects our lives and calls us to more. Our steps of faith are constant indicators who who we're following. We take steps of faith because he moves towards us. We have seen the way he's carried us, the way he turns us to himself. In the same way, his constant of always being faithful is a testament about what he's after. God is always faithful to you. So he's after you. God is always faithful, so he's after you. Not in the like hunt you down, like I'm gonna get you or any of those kind of things, but it's a constant of saying, I'm coming for you. No matter what you made today, I'm coming for you. No matter what you did today, I'm coming for you. No matter what you said today, no matter what you thought today, I'm coming for you. My grace is coming, my love is coming. So, if his power has given us everything we need that pertains to life and godliness, then there can be portions in my life and yours that we might be shutting off because that's not us. If God has given us everything that pertains to godliness and eternal life, Maybe you're like me. There's portions of my life I will not got, let God get to because I just won't let him. God, that's too far. God, that hurts too much. God, that's, I, God there's, that's too far off. God, you can't, God, I won't let you in there. We might not even say it verbally, but we don't believe there's healing to happen in any of those situations. We don't believe that there's life change that can happen. We don't believe that there's forgiveness that can happen because we're saying, God, God, you can't do that. Now, we don't usually verbally say those things. I don't think we write down the journal, God, you can do this. But we live our lives in that same way. In that same way. And so we're going to walk into these qualities. And I'm a little hesitant to ever walk into lists because I know a lot of us are people that think through lists and they go, okay, I can do this. Okay, I can have brotherly affection. Give me by Tuesday, I think I can do this right? If I could just persevere a little bit more, let me do this. So I'm always a little hesitant when it comes to lists, but these lists, these qualities give us a measuring stick not to measure up to, but instead places to seek our Savior in. You see the difference? This list of things is going, this is not something for you to measure up to. Instead, these are places where we're going, okay, God, what do you want to do? God, what do you want to do? What's something, God, where do you want me to grow? God, what do you want to do in this situation? Because God, I have no brotherly affection for people in my church because I've been hurt by church so many times. Or God, I have no love for people because I have been burned over and over and over. Or God, I don't have love for someone because they don't think the same way I do, and so I finished my week Friday, and not much has changed in Jer. I need, I needed this this morning to submit to Him. I needed the reminder of going, God this is you at work, this is not me. And so if we claim Jesus in our lives and there is no fruit, we might be nearsighted or blind. Now, I always get them wrong, nearsighted, farsighted, but I always love whenever one person is one or the other and trying to see them see something. You ever see, right? Especially if it's a phone, one, the phone is like zoomed in as far as possible, the words are big and they're still like this, Like, it's really fun, because we don't want to ask somebody to read something for us, but we look ridiculous because we can barely read, we're not willing to get any new glasses, we're not going to be willing to change anything, but we'll go like this in public. Hold on, I think I can get this, right? We all know somebody. But I do the same thing with my life, is going, God, what do you want to do? And if I haven't grown, if I haven't seen his work, his spirit move in me, if I haven't seen any of those things in a long time, then this is me trying to live life. You see, okay, I'm going to give you a big sentence. And Nikki told me last night this is too big, so I'm just going to work through it, okay? We lack love or compassion for someone's eternal state because we've either forgot what he has done for us or God, we only view God as someone who makes my morals better and I've never submitted to him. Okay? It's a big sentence. I'm going to say it again. We lack love or compassion for someone's eternal state, anyone around us, because we either forgot what God has done for us, the forgiveness that has been given to us, Or we just have a moral conversion. What that means is we just are trying to be a nice person and we've never actually submitted to Jesus. So let me pause. Just think through that for a second. Myself included. There are areas of my life where I've had God's done some work in, but I haven't submitted to him. Sometimes it's because we don't feel like we're worthy of forgiveness. And so we stop. We just stop. There's no fruit being produced because we just stopped. We stop talking to him, stop reading his word. We just stop. We look for more videos from Betty White on how to be a better person instead of listening to our Savior. Again, I love Betty White. Big fan of the Golden Girls. But he loves you. This is the hardest thing for us to grasp is his love is coming for us in a way that changes us and sets us whole. It sets us right and gives us hope for the very situation that you're thinking through is impossible. Not to succeed in but to see him work in. And that's why I love that love is last on the list. Love that is built off of sacrifice, does its best work in broken moments, and keeps coming. That's our Savior. That's what he does for us. That's where he's at. And so we finish our time every time with questions. And so I'm going to walk through them with us. And what we do is we just simply go, okay, God, we've read the Word. We've walked through it a little bit together. What do you want to do? Okay? And so I'm going to walk through the questions. Number one, are there things that God has been telling you about himself and you're refusing to believe? A lot of us struggle that God actually loves us. Or that God has forgiven us. Or that we're worthy of it. Or that he can change me. Number two, if faith is a constant statement of who we follow, what does your life say? What steps do you take in the most? What, what do you do? What would people say is your most constant thing that you claim by what you follow? And number three, celebrate what he's been doing by looking back and seeing his faithfulness. I get short-sighted and I go, God, we're moving on to this situation. I need you to fix this now. And I don't actually respond in a way that proves what he just did, right? So that's question number three. It's not really a question. It's just a celebration of what God has done. And last, we always want to be a place that prays for other churches. We believe in the body of Christ. We are a part of the body of Christ. And so Victory Church, we're praying for them. We believe in them. We love them. And we want to celebrate what God's doing for them. So at the very least, if none of those three kind of stick to you and say, okay, God, what do you want to do? Spend the next two minutes as we put a song on, we're going to just walk through this, is go pray for them, believe in them, not because we're better, but because we're a part of the body of Christ and we want to succeed and see people come closer to Jesus, okay? So here we go. I'll give you a couple minutes and I'll come back and pray and we'll close our time together. Father, that's the truth. Your love is strong enough. And so, Father, uh, as we wrestle with this verse, I think it's hard for us. Father, this questions my view of God because I have to grasp, do I really believe what Scripture says when you claim that you've given all that we need? So Father, there are moments in my life where I walk through and I go, I, God, I don't know. I, I don't know if this is right. I don't know if I, I question this. And, and Father, help us to both see what you have done and claim who you are. Father, for many of us, I think there's things in our lives where we're going, I, I don't actually know, God, if you can deal with this. I don't even know if I want to open this door. I, Father, help us to take a step. Father, when we take steps of faith, we're we're almost nervous to put our foot out there. Father, sometimes there's been moments in our lives where we did take a step and we weren't sure and it hurt. Father, remind us of who you are today. Thank you for this list of behaviors. Thank you for this list. But Father, these are moments not for us to be better, but instead for your spirit to work in us, to reveal things in us, to draw us closer to yourself because of who you are and what you have done and so, Father, help us, help us. As we walk out from this place today, may your word be on our lips. Maybe work through this in our minds and say, okay, God, what do you want to do? And so, Father, as we take a, a couple of weeks and we're going to try to take a step of faith and walk through our neighborhoods and just pray, Father, this isn't about 717. It's just simply going, God, what do you want to do? So help us today. Help us to solidify what step we're going to take and how we're going to love you. Thanks for loving us, in your name. Amen. Amen.
0: Thanks so much for listening and being a part of this community. We hope that today's message helps you grow in your relationship with Jesus and live out what his word is calling you to. Hit the subscribe button below to follow us Share with a friend or leave a review. If you'd like to give to this ministry, you can do so at 717.church.